What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. Arkansas picked up two big transfers yesterday. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Razorback football, basketball, baseball, as always. And Danny West and Keith Grayson are both going to join us. It's all happening on Hogsports Live. Well, Arkansas picking up a couple of key transfers. Connor Vanover was the first to go off at 10 a.m. yesterday, which was the final day of the early, or excuse me, the regular signing period, 7-3, at a Cal. And then later, Arkansas picked up Isaiah Moss, really a lot later, about, well, it was sometime in the evening, around 7.30 or so, transfer out of Iowa. We're going to bring in Danny West first here. Danny, how you doing, brother? What's up, man? I'm doing well. All right, Danny's going to join us to talk a little bit about recruiting and stuff. And we're also going to have Keith Grayson join us. Keith, how you doing, brother? Pretty good. Sorry if y'all hear uh, straight pipes in the background. I'm heading to uh, pick up some materials for construction, and um, I'm definitely the alpha male of the three of us right now. Um, oh, there boy. is some research that shows there are no alpha males, actually. That's not, that's not a real thing, by the way, Keith. Keep up with your science, bro. <laughs> are you are you one of those people that doesn't use straws anymore um well my wife has kind of impacted the straw deal so uh i don't have a big problem with plastic straws to be honest because like 60 percent of the plastic in the ocean anyway comes from plastic fishing nets and straws are really just kind of a symbol of reducing your plastic isn't that blame right? the fisherman blame the fisherman <laughs> <Trey>. <laughs> their bottle well, I know everybody wants to talk about plastic straws today, but um, we're going to jump into these these commitments. And I also want to mention Jean-Tal Silla, who Arkansas also got earlier out of UNC Wilmington. That's three big transfers, two grad transfers that are going to be able to help Arkansas immediately. Danny, your thoughts on these two transfers? Well, you know, I wasn't surprised by Connor, obviously with the ties to the state, his mother playing as, you know, a lady Razorback. Can we still say that? Because they were lady backs at the time. But, um, yeah, I thought that one made sense. You needed uh, some more size, and he's a guy that can step back and shoot it a little bit. Made eight of – no, I'm sorry, nine of 18 three-pointers in his last three games. That's pretty rare for a a 7'3 guy. But the one that surprised me was Isaiah Moss. I just felt like once he left here – and took that trip to KU. Matter of fact, yesterday my wife asked me, she was like, are you okay to go to dinner tonight? I was like, yeah, there's a kid <laughs> who's supposed to be deciding between like Arkansas and Kansas. Yep. And she was like, oh, well, you're good then. Of course, she's a Jayhawk. Yeah. So she was like, yeah, you can go to dinner. And sure enough, you know, we, we walk into the restaurant and this guy commits and and he has chosen Arkansas. So that one surprised me a little bit. That was, that was a really big one there. You know, immediately eligible. You got a veteran guy who can score it, so I thought that was probably the biggest news yet for for us. Keith, what's the fan take on these two pickups? Arkansas going to the NCAA tournament with these guys, and, I, and by that I mean I mean Silla mostly and and uh, Isaiah Moss is Vanover uh, most likely not going to be eligible next year. Right, the Vanover deal. I I know Musselman doesn't play zone defense at all. He plays man-to-man straight up. So I, I know that he may be a liability there. So that's my first take on that. And I just don't – I don't see the need for a seven-foot three-point specialist. But, you know, the, the home state hero to come back, that's, I, I always like it when 
kids from Arkansas get to get to live out the dream. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna raz on him. And I hope he has you know a really good career there. But I don't know much about the grad transfers to be honest. But it, it looks like it's playing out exactly how Musselman has described in his other. He's done some interviews recently where he said like the perfect blend is a one and done type player, you know, and Kyrie Walker. That's that's who everybody's got their eye on for this year. And then a blend of grad transfers and a sit-out transfer. So that's exactly what's happened, except without the high school prospect yet. I want to remind everybody to like, share, follow, comment if you haven't already. Give us that thumbs up. If you're listening on podcasts, be sure to throw us five stars and throw us a review. It helps us get our message out there. Plenty of ways to listen. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and you can also watch on Facebook Live, YouTube, and it's always on hogsports.com, which, by the way, is a dollar for your first month or 30% off for your first year with a seven-day free trial right now. So just to go over these guys real quick with with – uh, Jean Talsilla, and it's Jean Talsilla, uh, although he accepts Jean Tall and United States pronunciation, but not John Tall. Jean or Jean. How does Rainwater say it? Uh, he's, he's tried it a few different ways. Randy, Randy gives it his, go, his, best shot, his best shot. Some of these names are tough these days, but Silla averaged 13.7 points per game, was an 84.8% free throw shooter, and 31.1% from downtown. Not a great three-point shooter, but, but decent, and a guy that can go inside and out. And I'll tell you something that I like about, about, uh, about Moss is – you know, he's 42.1% from three-point range, but he's probably their best finisher around the basket also last year at Iowa, especially like on the fast break. And I'll read a little bit uh, from the Iowa publisher about what he said about him. But 9.2 points, started all 35 games, scored 16 points in the in the last one. And then, of course, Vanover, who I like the idea of a seven-foot three three-point shooter. I mean, who's blocking that, you know? I mean, he, he's pretty much open always from, from beyond the arc. 66.7% from three-point range, a guy that really picked it up towards the end of the year last year uh, as he was inserted in the starting lineup. You know, the 7.5 points, three rebounds don't really do justice just based on, on how he finished things out. He had like 24 points against Stanford and three or five or six three-pointers in that game or something uh, in the last regular season game. So, I, I like what he's doing, I, and I think you make a good point, Keith, that, you know, with putting a team together this day and age to explore the transfer market with guys that might sit one, you know, uh, that are maybe trying to move up from, uh, you know, a, a school that's not as prominent as like Arkansas or something or just looking for a change of pace, then hitting the high school ranks or even junior colleges and, you know, just kind of building your roster like that. If you're ranking them right now, or is Silla a three-star, high three-star, Moss is a four-star? I mean, if, you, if you, they could go back and re-rank the mm-hmm. transfers. Yeah. And they talked about that. I mean, what I'd go with. Four-star for Moss. Yeah, I think I would go with a four-star for Moss and probably a three-star for the other guys. I mean, let's – Let's be honest, there's not they didn't go out and get three superstars. They went out and got three solid players. And if Musselman is true in saying when he arrived that with the talent that they had in that room that they could make it to the NCAA tournament, then you gotta think that the odds are drastically increased with these guys. I think it was interesting though, Trey. I think it was uh John Rothstein, maybe. Don't quote me on that, but somebody yesterday said what Eric Musselman is doing right now. You know, he's got all the perimeter play in the world, but he still needs somebody that can pull down a rebound. Mm. And so, you know, I, Connor Vanover, I mean, you think 7-3, and of course he can do all the things that you would expect from a 7-3 guy. He can block shots and, 
and rebound. I mean, he's seven three, but at some point, man, you do you do kind of wonder if they're going to try to continue to go after maybe one more big guy. You know, they're full on scholarships right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're at thirteen. Yeah. For this year's roster, that could still change though. There's a couple of guys on the roster right now that, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they make a decision or what happens yeah. there. So. Khalil Garland, obviously, being one of those. I want to. I want to mention what uh, David Eicholt told me. He's at uh, a Hawkeye Insider on the 24/7 Sports Network. This is what he said: The biggest skill that Moss brings to the table is the ability to create his own offense. When you look at the Hawkeye offense, there aren't many guys who can who can take defenders off the dribble. There was a reason that when the shot clock ran down that the Hawkeyes would look for Moss so he could get off a shot. And the 6'5 guard out of Chicago has a smooth game. He looks comfortable on the court, and everything is fluid. The other thing about Moss's offensive game is his ability to score in transition. He was without a doubt Iowa's best scorer on the fast break. He has soft hands and never panics on the break. It's where he's most comfortable at and he's capable of finishing with either hand. He can also break down defenders off the dribble and get to the rim. And I'll say another thing, guys, that I like about these players is that you have players that not only get to the line but knock down their free throws, and that's something that Arkansas really struggled with last year also. The real interesting thing for me to to watch in all is Mike Anderson, really what got him in the end was roster management, and Musselman has been the G the GM of a CBA team and has gone through drafts and built teams. So it's really interesting to see how he has come in and completely, I mean, like you say, like Chad Morris flipped the roster, he's, he's doing the same thing. You've got to do that in today's day and age of basketball and college athletics. And, like, he's just come in and completely, he's got a plan. And that's, that, you know, and that ultimately what got Mike canned was he didn't really have a plan for this year. And, Musselman obviously has something going on. Mm. Keith, how was your trip to Fayetteville over the weekend, last weekend? Glad we got to run it into was, you. It was pretty <laughs> tame. Yeah, you find out who your friends are when you come back to town. <laughs> you, I, did, you did come in on Mother's Day weekend. Mother's Day weekend. It, it, yeah, okay, it wasn't Father's Day. What's your excuse? <laughs> <laughs> well, my <laughs> I don't know how that whole thing works, by the Good way. Good point. So. Good point. Yeah, well, you got to be there for the ladies in your life, so that's that's what it came <laughs> <Yeah>. down to. <laughs> um, I mean, you were down technically sorry. for Mother's Day, right? No, no, no. My mom is pissed because uh, I, I was not here for Mother's Day. But I had to go to my my sister's graduation, and then um, now now I'm the only person in my family that's not graduated college, so that felt really good. Mm-hmm. Then they're watching that. And then, um, no, I got in some baseball games, Got did a little, I had great seats through Tulsa, got me awesome seats for game one, right right on the dugout, and then didn't go to game two, went to game three, and uh, Mr. Razorback and I, a, a poster from the board, did a little game I like to call seat fishing, and so he scopes them out through his phone, <laughs> and then we watch him for about three or four innings, and then go and... Uh, we we used the unused seats. Yeah. So it got it got a little sketchy because we had there was eight empty seats in the second row, and about the sixth inning, people started piling in, and they're like, "You're in my seat. You're in my seat." And we kept on having to move down, and I thought we were going to get caught and escorted out of the game. But um, how do you know they, they weren't were, doing the same thing though? I mean, well, they it's came the in sixth, and announced. Sixth they, they announced. And I kind of got a tip from this because I'm just going to act as if I'm going to come in and just announce like I'm in seat eleven and twelve, like right when I get to the row because that's what they did and it yeah. really scared the hell out of me 
We're planning on doing the same thing in Omaha. What, Danny, what do you think about the – do we have the middle release pitching to get back? Well, they better go undefeated. And, you know, the regional, you would have to go 3-0, and in my opinion, to feel really good about it. And then, of course, uh, uh, you know, you'd have to turn around and do that again in the Super Regional. So, like I told guys, uh, I think it was RJ and Trey maybe a month or two ago, but, I mean, once you start getting into the games four and five, I mean, I thought, it, you know, it's probably going to get a little bit sketchy for you. So, to answer your question, I do think they can, but they're going to have to – they need to take care of business early in these postseason series. Danny, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned to you, but Pete's going to the uh, Avett brothers uh, on Saturday, so you have to cover the baseball game. Yay! I appreciate you breaking that down to me on a Thursday. <laughs> I thought I'd mention awesome. it. <laughs> the Avett brothers, what do yeah. they think? Keith's uh, probably familiar. Man, they're I couldn't terrible. I couldn't tell you the name of their song, but they're kind of folksy. Um it's not really it's not really Pete's age group though that uh, it would be like a lot of people my age and, and Keith's great age, I think. It would be at that kind of So like fifty like five? Uh fifty five yeah, and no. up. <laughs> Don't put that on me yet. I think I could still <laughs> it's pass a really my old 30s. band. Yeah. Oh hey, I ran into uh, I ran into Malik Monk in the airport on the oh, way boy. out. <laughs> How did this interaction? <laughs> How was this? <laughs> so I went up to him and I I told him, hey, uh, I know who you are. <laughs> really, I'm terrible at inter- introductions, and as, as much of a social butterfly as people think that I may be in person, I'm extremely awkward. I'm better in this setting than I am in person. Mm-hmm. So. He took a step back because I, I probably looked like a, I, I was haggard. And um, there was something just exploded on the road. So so I uh, I gave him, I asked him if he would like a book, if I would give him one. So I gave him a book on how to build a real estate empire. And I said, you have an obligation to come back and do this in Arkansas because you can hit the lottery. Mm-hmm. He said he'd read it. Well, so you, you had a business proposal for him. All I'm doing is educating the youth of the NBA. That's my goal in life. All right. That book, it, that book is still in the airport, Trey. I promise. You. <laughs> he was in the trash can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was reading it in the line. But anyway, that's my that's my favorite story. I always have some random thing happen to awesome. me every time I go back. So, Danny, what's going yeah. on in recruiting right now? Is there is there is there any opportunities for like uh, the grayer kid or the grayer young man? I should say he's a tra- senior transfer, but yeah. uh, is there any opportunity for him and, and anything on the horizon in football? Well, like we talked about, I mean, to right now they're full on scholarships. So somebody would have to, I think you mentioned Khalil, obviously he's third year sophomore, hasn't played yet. Well, you know, hasn't even been cleared to play yet, we should say. So uh, something could happen there. You never know. Um, uh, maybe one of these other guys decide to, to move on and open mm-hmm. up another scholarship for you. So until that happens, you really don't have any any room for that. But, uh, yeah, as far as football, I think we talked about Savion Williams earlier this week, did we? The newest commitment. Uh, did we touch on Savion? Yeah, I'm not I sure. I don't know if That's we like did, but he deserves to be t- – yeah, let's let's talk about him. I mean, I, we'll, yeah. we'll go about, you know, four or five more minutes here. So, uh, let's let's see what uh, yeah. you got to say about Savion. Really athletic, uh, big guy, 6'4", 195. Kind of reminds you of TQ Jackson, you know, just in terms of his size and the fact that he's another East Texas guy. 
probably not the same type of speed as mm-hmm. a TQ in my opinion, but he's definitely not a slow guy. So, you know, that gives you seven commitments for the football class, four of them from Texas, three of them are wide receivers. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much where they're at at this point. They are going to wait until June 12th through the 14th to bring in any more official visitors. So it's kind of kind of a slower time. They're going to do their first camp June 1st, so a couple of weeks out there. And um, that's pretty much where it's at at this point as far as the football recruiting. It's crazy, to- Danny, how things are sneaking up on us. You know, it's it's camp season here right around the corner. I, I just got a notification either today or yesterday. I signed up today, but for SEC Media Days, I just got Whoa. registered and got my hotel right before we came on for that. So, yeah. I mean, right when hey, you think it's – by the way, a tight end prospect, Brandon Fraser, a guy that I think mm-hmm. we've all felt really good about with Arkansas's chances. Guess who offered him yesterday? Alabama mm-hmm. came in and offered. So, seems like that's, that's a trend, you know, yeah. for a lot of guys. I wonder how Gabe Brooks feels about his uh, crystal ball pick uh, that he made. I hated that. Right before I hated that. that for Gabe. <laughs> he did it like a few hours before. So, Gabe Brooks, our Midlands yeah. recruiting analyst, put a crystal ball pick in for Brandon. Uh, Brandon. I want to say Brandon Frazier, the actor. Brandon Frazier. Well, that's who pops up every time you search for yeah. him on Google. Yeah. I'm like, it's no, like, did you not mean Brendan Frazier? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Keith, what's your what's your interpretation so far of the way that Arkansas basketball and football are recruiting compared to what we saw with the last coaches? Well, I kind of touched on it in the um, in the podcast you guys deleted that never made it to the air that I, I had some aspirations to be a head coach at one time, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be a college head coach, but I don't have a college degree, so that's already out. But if the if the Arkansas job was ever offered to me, I wouldn't take it because it's too difficult. And I don't have the energy like these other guys. Musselman and Morris have – like I mentioned in the last episode, the effort level is what you see that if this doesn't work, Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what will. I was thinking <laughs> that same right? thing yesterday. Point, it's like, Keith. if these guys aren't getting it done, I don't know if anybody's ever going to yep, get it done. That's scary. Exactly. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, my, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I think is an overall deal. I, from the recruiting perspective, I think Musselman's, he's got the modern day, whatever this environment is in basketball right now, he's got a formula for that that's going to work. It has been proven at Nevada what he did at a, a smaller school, and I think it's going to work here. Mm-hmm. However, the deal with Morris is it's all dependent. That record this year is imperative to get up and, and, and to a certain level so we can stop striking out on some guys. I'm really concerned about defensive back recruiting right now. They swung for the fences on everybody, and it looks like LSU, A&M, Alabama, all these in Oregon – are going to take us out on a bunch of players. So I don't know what's going on. And Mark Smith, one of our best recruiters, mm-hmm. well, I don't know how they're going to get over the fact that we're going to get beat out by these other programs consistently. Because last year we were all like impressed, like, oh man, we really nailed some people on the on the on, on their first uh, way in on their initial uh, offer. And this year seems like, oh, we're back to kind of identifying guys early and getting beaten out. Well, here's what you have to consider, too, Keith, is this time last year, Devin Bush had cut Arkansas, you know, and they kept churning away and, and kept working at it. They do need to have a big defensive back class. They need to sign probably five nickel cornerback types in this class. And, I mean, when you when you look at it overall, they've got some talent back there, but they're thin and they're very young in the secondary. So, 
when I look at this football team, I, I see an offense that should take big steps forward, even though the defense dominated in the spring. With the defense, you just have to stay healthy. You have to find some guys like an Andrew Parker has to step up. You've got to find some depth here with these younger guys because I could see a situation where you, you get a, you know, a sense that the defense is playing really well, and then as the season progresses, they get worse and worse and worse as you lose players to injury and, and fatigue and all those things from playing players too many snaps sets, uh, sets in. So um, I thought there was an interesting article today about or recently about uh, predicting the SEC team's first losses, and they predicted Ole Miss as Arkansas's first loss. And as we talked about, that's uh, a key game, not only for trying to get back to a bowl game, you know, if you win that Ole Miss game, you should win your four non-conference. You're at five games right there. But also it's week two. So from a recruiting standpoint, you're recruiting off a two and ten season and might have the opportunity to, you know, uh, show some people that you're taking a step in the right direction. All right, guys, any final words before we call this thing? Well, I'd just like to say sorry if anybody just heard my daughter walk into the room and yell boo at me. She had <laughs> Easter bunny rabbit ears on, and I think she forgot I was doing this show, so I apologize on her you don't, I, Well, thank you for apologizing. That's in it. Tell her that's inexcusable. It was so offensive of her. Yeah. I can't believe she did that. Unbelievable. You'd expect more maturity out of three-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Keith. Uh, I don't have much. You got me too early in the morning. I, I, I haven't even had like three sips of coffee yet, so I, I don't feel very funny right now. Okay, well. Uh, I I'm not a morning you, person. I thought you were hilarious. All right, everybody, I want to thank Danny and Keith for joining us. Remember, real quick here, there's several ways to pay attention to this show. You can watch us on Facebook Live like you're doing now, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Be sure to like, share, follow, comment. If you haven't done so already, we'd like to get that thumbs up, but only if you want to. If you don't like the show, then don't throw us a thumbs up. If you're listening on podcast, be sure to throw us five stars and rate the show. All right, for Danny, Keith, this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.